Welcome to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast, hosted by Craig Phillips and Jeff Torrey. Visit us at FantasyFootballProfit.com. And now your hosts, Craig and Jeff. Welcome everyone to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast. I'm Craig Phillips. Joined as always by Jeff Torrey, and today we're talking Week 11 Waiver Wire. we got some decent ads to go over for that, but before we do that, let's get into a quick uh, Seattle-San Francisco, which just wrapped up here. Pretty good game. We went right down to the end of overtime. Seattle gets the 27-24 win. It really could have gone either way there at the end. Seattle just is the one who finally gets in field goal range. San Francisco missed the earlier one, but, you know, it was a good game to watch. Uh Russell Wilson does some ridiculous things out there on the field, though. The guy is, uh, that that pick in overtime was a little surprising, but still, he's so good. The things he can somehow pull off that third and 16 completion they got before he ended up and throwing the pick was just ridiculous. Um, Fantasy-wise, though, it was, uh, what, not as good, I guess, as some weeks, but still, against that kind of San Francisco team, that's pretty good. pretty good game for him, I guess. That's about the worst you're going to get. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many times I have to get on here and talk about how special Russell Wilson is, but he, I mean, he really is. I, I think, I mean, in my mind as I watch this, I, I'm I'm blown away that Seattle won. I really am. I, I know that they're a very good team. I know they were seven and two going into this, right? But I, I San Fran just seems like a better team, and I think it's just the the difference maker of of Russell Wilson is why they were able to pull this one out. I, both of these teams are showing themselves as contenders. Um, San Fran, their defense is the real deal. And um, if their offense, um, I mean, their offense can be good too, but uh, it really is the difference maker, and that's Russell Wilson. I, I don't know what else to say. It could have went either way. I, I give kudos to both of the teams. But, um, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting too much out of the offenses because the defense in this game was so strong. Um. You know, is there any big takeaways that you actually do have? Because, you know, no one really had a huge game. Debo Samuel, he did pretty well, better than I was expecting. Eight catches, 112 yards. Other other than him on San Fran, was anything surprising? No, really. Samuel was the one standout there after Sanders went out. He was the most impressive player there. Because other than that, there wasn't a lot going on. Matt Burita had the most carries, but only got 18 yards out of it. Coleman looked decent. Um a lot of his yards came on that one carry. But yeah, Debo Samuel was really, really good and got the 11 targets. It really wasn't, you know, all went to him after Sanders went out. And then, uh, yeah, it's not a lot from that side of things. I mean, Garoppolo, when he's put in the situation where he has to try to win the game, he didn't look great. You know, he hasn't really been in that spot all year. It was uh, not, not the greatest effort from him, but... You know, that team is still so good that even when Garoppolo is not great, they still go to overtime against a really good team and almost pull it off and really should have won it. They get that field goal. So, yeah, that's just a good team. And it's going to be interesting, though, what happens with Emmanuel Sanders. Let's see what kind of – I don't know what the injury situation is. So, if Sanders is out, I mean, Debo Samuel becomes very interesting, I think, if this is to continue. And, I mean, he's definitely clearly – you know, ahead of like Dante Pettis, who's not involved at all. He's ahead of, you know, Goodwin. He's ahead of, I mean, Bournes, I guess, the number two behind Samuel at this point if Sanders was out. But they'll be Kittle back, so he's going to be yeah, interesting. and he should be. Definitely if that injury kind of holds true with Sanders, if he's going to be out for a week or two or, or more, you never know with uh, with Emmanuel. Um, yeah, and, and the running back 
um, situation in San Fran, they we all know how good they can be. But once again, with all three of them healthy, they split it across the board. Uh, Coleman with nine carries, Mostert with six, and then Brito with ten. Um, you know, none of them really getting a touchdown. None of them, you know, worthwhile uh, to start this time around. I mean, I guess you could have done Coleman because he also caught a few balls and got 32 yards that way. Um, but yeah, Coleman is still the kind of the top dog in my mind. But when all three are playing, what is your strategy behind them? I mean, it's still it's still going to be Coleman is the one I trust. And now the, the ankle injury there for uh, Breda, he was he had the injury coming into this week. It looks like he re-aggravated it. So I think that could really open it up for uh, Coleman even more if that injury seems to linger. And I'm, I'm going to play Coleman with some decent confidence in the rest of them. I don't feel great about right now because I, I would feel good about Matt Breida, but he just doesn't seem like he's healthy. And it's probably going to be a few weeks before he becomes healthy. It's something that if he was you know, limited all week with this ankle injury and then re-aggravated it right away in the game, he needs to basically rest that thing up before he's just never going to stay healthy if they, if they play him right away again. So Coleman probably be really good option next week. And, and Mostert will probably be, you know, depending on how desperate you are at running back, it can be a, you can slot him in there if you absolutely need somebody. This is, you know, if Matt Breed is out. Yeah. So we go from that <laughs> in San Francisco to Seattle, which is a one, you know, a, a one pony show. The Chris Carson show once again, twenty five carries, eighty nine yards and a touchdown. Um, not quite as impressive, but when you you know understand that he went against San Fran, uh, that is a very impressive outing for me. I mean, there's no slowing this guy down really. Uh, you know, less than four yards a carry, not what you want to see. But at the same time, he was going against maybe the best, you know, one of the best defenses in the NFL. Um, especially at the moment. So he looked really good. And then obviously we already talked about Russell, but two, 232 yards passing with one touchdown. And then that one very uh, interesting interception as well that, you know, possibly could have cost him the game. But the the wide receivers in this one uh, for Seattle is what I found probably most interesting. Um, DK Metcalf. I mean, what can you say about him? Ten targets for him. Six catches, seventy yards, and his athleticism once again, once again, shine through. Uh, he looks like the real deal. I mean, is there any any takeaways on DK moving forward? You know, he's just. I think he's going to be really good. You know that he that one play where he ended up getting to the one and fumbled it was that was still just a really great play, and the fumble was kind of uh, fluky almost, but. He's really, really good, and he's got the 10 targets. After Lockett went out there, I don't know, again, Lockett's situation, exactly what the his injury, just a lower leg injury. They didn't really say much more than that. But, I mean, he still only had three for 26 when he played there. So he was out in there most of the game, right? And then still only got four targets, which is odd. And Metcalf got the 10. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure. That was a, Yeah, it is strange. a strange one. I'm not sure how much his health contributed to that. Yeah, I don't know if it was a lingering thing throughout the game. Who knows? You know, it's hard to say what that was. Then Metcalf, though, man, that guy's going to be a really good player. I just I just can see it happening. I feel like he's going to get better and better. I mean, it still it might not translate for the rest of this year, but for, for the future it will. And, uh, yeah, Josh Gordon got involved with two targets, yeah, two catches. I, I mean, that's so, something I definitely like seeing. I'm, I'm glad that they got him involved right away. And 
not a lot of people caught balls. I mean, really, it was Metcalf and Hollister, and then everyone else played, you know, second fiddle. So the fact that he was two for two, you know, two targets, two catches, I think that's a very good sign. And especially depending on the health of of Lockett and, um, the, you know, really these other wide receivers in general, um, he could play a larger role. I don't know if you're feeling good about him, but I, I still believe that he is worth taking a shot at because of his huge upside and because of, you know, this wide receiving crew, even though I think it has talent on it, definitely doesn't have, no one has a real um, kind of death grip on, on the, you know, on the targets. I, obviously Lockett, when he's healthy, he's going to be the number one. DK looks like the number two, but I think Josh Gordon, the, um, if he starts playing well, there's there's no limit to the amount of snaps that he could see. And then if uh, if Seattle wasn't going on by next week, I would probably put Hollister on my waiver wire ads. But it's hard to when you have a there's only three weeks left of regular season and he has a buy. It's uh, not as easy to throw him on there, but he's still consideration. But I guess the, the final thing from this game, I guess it's just again Carson though, is the guy needs to stop fumbling the ball. He didn't lose the fumble tonight, but he fumbled again. But so did Penny. Penny lost his. <laughs> right. so. I mean, it's it's not like they have someone to go to, but Chris Carson has a lot of fumbles. And I mean, you can't keep doing that. That's, um, man, he, he's just lucky uh, Penny hasn't really done much to take that. Because, I mean, it's a, I just feel like those fumbles are going to come back to haunt Seattle at some point. He's going to fumble in the most. <laughs> The, the the worst time when you get to the playoffs or something like that. So, I mean, hopefully not for, for Seattle's sake, but I can see it happening. But all right, how about some waiver wire? I think we should jump over to the waiver wire. And, okay, again, it's not a huge list this week, but honestly, I think I'll go with my number one. This is where I think we're, we've talked about waiting all year to, you know, when is this big-time ad going to be there? And I don't necessarily think – this top player is going to be Brian Hill from the Falcons. So I don't think he's necessarily that great of a player. He's okay. And his numbers didn't look great last week, but when you get a chance to finally get a starting running back and he's going to be a running back started probably for a couple weeks here, I think you go and just, you get him. If you need a running back, this is where you just get, go get, go get this guy. Right. I think you just have to, at this point, no Devonte Freeman, no Edo Smith. It's all Brian Hill. And yeah, didn't look great last week, 20 for 61, but that's against New Orleans, who's tough. I'd, I'd, I'd go play, I'd get him and play him if you're in a needy situation. And I think you could, I think you'll get a lot of volume and I think he's actually going to be pretty decent. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to argue against that. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, he is going to be the, the running back there. He got 20 carries, you know, at New Orleans when they threw him in, you know, threw him to the fire. Why wouldn't you expect that to continue? So yeah, yeah, I mean I think he's a he's a big time play, especially if you're hurting at running back, which we know plenty of people are. Well, I'm not gonna say this is like again, we don't know what this is gonna turn into, but we didn't years ago we didn't know Tim Hightower would be what he was. We didn't know even Sean Drone would be what he was. We didn't know Damian Williams last year would be what he was. None of those guys at the time seemed like they were likely to become, you know, a difference maker. But if there's going to be one he maybe could be that guy. So I think you just take the chance going into week 11. What what else do you got to lose at this point? You know, if you need the player. So Brian Hill is going to be my top ad. And it's just opportunity. Opportunity is uh, rules overall, right? You know, that's not a lot of other players have the, these chances. 
So I guess my number two, I'm still throwing Darius Geis here. And he should be back this week. So go pick him up. I, I don't know how that's going to play out. Really have no clue. Probably be a split, but you just don't know. So go get Darius Geis as well. I mean, we don't really need to talk about him much. We've done it the last, what, few few weeks already? So Geis, I think we know what you know what it is there. You're getting a potential player there. But how about uh, how about Darius Slayton, wide receiver from the Giants after the big week? Is this one uh, you're interested in? How I do mean, you feel about him? I have to be. I I, I, te- I mean, typically I, I want to talk crap about about the Giants and how you know they have a rookie quarterback. But hey, Daniel Jones has impressed me greatly. I think he has definitely outplayed what a, uh, a lot of people ever expected of him, especially me. And Slayton, in very limited roles before last week, was good. And he was able to get in the end zone. And last week, they used the absolute crap out of the guy. Um, I mean, the question is, are they going to be able to do that against a better team? Because they did do it against the Jets. And, yeah, and the problem is, is this worth an ad? Because they're on bye. And then, I think we talked about it last night. They play at Chicago. They play Green Bay. They play at Philly. Those are, you know, good teams for the most part. Philly is, you know, maybe not as much. But, I mean, Chicago is still still a solid defense. Green Bay has been good. And they got a bye before that. So is this even, is he worth it? Is he worth it? Like, that's the problem where it's like, he is if he was playing this week. But then, right. yeah, man, it's it makes it tough. It really does just yeah, make it tough. Yeah, I think for me, there's still too many question marks to, to spend a lot of money or draft capital, whatever it may be, to go out and get the guy. Um, and because it is a bye week, I don't think that he is high profile enough where you have to get him this week. I think that, you know, it'll probably cool off about him after his, what, 10 catch game or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you're in desperate need for a wide receiver and you're trying to stash, you know, possible young talent, um, someone that could, you know, perform in the last bit of the season, I think he's worth a shot in the dark but I'm not going to reach for him. Um, you know, and that is also depending on the depth of your league as well. Uh, if you're in a deeper league, I think he's a viable option, you know, and, but obviously I think there's other guys out there that are probably a little safer. And honestly, if you're, you're probably grabbing someone for next week and that's going to play into it. Then, uh, maybe, maybe that's Debo Samuel then, you know, at that point, yeah, I like, if you need him for this week, yeah, yeah I do like Debo more, especially if we find out that Manuel Sanders is out. And I guess my only other wide receiver I even threw on my list this week was just, again, was McCole Hardman because, hey, take a, if you need um just a potential big play, that's the guy you throw in there. If you just you need that just upside, you just throw him in your lineup and hope for that big touchdown because he's done it a few times. This is the risky play, but, I mean, how many times have we seen it this year? Yeah, from- I mean, quite a few. <laughs> quite a few. With Mahomes back – you know, I I usually like to to roll the dice on him. I mean, at this point, Demarcus Robinson may turn into that type of player as well. Where if you're in a desperate spot, you're just looking for a guy that can you know have one big play. Almost anyone on KC, you start throwing their names into the into the hat again. Well, and the other um, other wide receiver, I was. These receivers is thinking about is the Steelers receivers here after Juju, James Washington, and Deontay Johnson. The problem is I just don't know which one's going to be good from week to week. 
and they seem to have been they've both been doing something but that's really that's some more a lot more desperation yeah. there. I'm just so. glad that we can finally talk about James Washington a little bit. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, he's not not the yeah. worst, right? <laughs> Starting to come around with Rudolph. He's he's been he's definitely been better. And then um okay, here's my other running backs here. So JD McKissick. Um, I, this seems random maybe, but with the Lions, there's nobody else. There's nobody else at all anymore. And what this is a you know shot in the dark, but Ty Johnson in concussion protocol, carry on Johnson we know is already out. Even they they had you know brought Trey Carson in a couple weeks ago and he's on IR. There is nobody else but JD McKissick. So you know, and he the thing is he can catch the ball a little bit. You know, six catches last week, and he had ten carries. I think this is and that was a tough matchup against Chicago. I honestly, for some reason, think this could be interesting, the way D- Detroit's going. He can get a lot of balls and actually have a decent floor for you. So, you know, J.D. McKissick, I don't think it's a terrible ad here. Yeah, I agree. I, well, I it's going to be very hot and cold. I'm not sure what is going to happen uh, because anything could happen, especially with Dallas as well. But I do, especially if you uh, you mentioned the receptions, and I think that's where his upside is. Uh, if you're in a PPR, half PPR, I think he has a little more upside in that in that fact, just because you know that they're going to throw the ball a lot. He can catch it. And last week, I think, is a very good kind of idea of, of how they'll use him, which is, you know, he had 10 carries and he had six catches. You know, he was on the field a lot. So... I do. I expect those numbers to continue, whether or not he has the ability to really get in the end zone. Um, how, you know, how many carries can you really take? I, I truly don't know. That's why I'm kind of hesitant on selling him. But once again, very few running backs out there. I think he would be on the short list of who to pick up if you need one. And then uh, I guess if you, again, are very, very desperate, there's the running back from Miami. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pelage, he um, wasn't very good. I will say that he was not very good at all. But hey, um, but he gets carries. <laughs> something to be said about yeah. twenty carries, I guess. I mean, this is even you know I don't even know. Maybe Miles Gaskin, who is the backup to him, could even be. Maybe they try him out. Maybe they see what he has. He hasn't gotten anything any carries yet this year, but maybe I don't know. Don't pick him up though. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> but this is that's absolute desperation. But other than that, you go you go pick up the handcuffs yet. They're still out there for some reason. Madison, Tony Pollard, Gus Edwards, even from the Ravens. I think you go pick up those kind of guys. If you know those guys should be owned. I don't. I'm not. I'm still not understanding this because why is Alexander Madison only owned in twenty percent of leagues? What is the Dalvin Cook owner doing? I mean. Unless he's picked up by somebody else, you should have him on your team. It's it's just a terrible mistake if you own Dalvin Cook and don't have him. So, too bad for you, Jeff. You can't pick him up, right? He's owned by somebody else in our league. But you yeah, would if you could. In a heartbeat. I would spend a lot of money to get him. <laughs> so, and so, if you are a Dalvin Cook owner, go get Alexander Madison. Because if Cook gets hurt, you at least have a, you know, a very good replacement. If, he, if Cook gets hurt and you don't have Madison, you are going to be in a battle to get him. So he, he becomes a top 10 running back. So, man, go pick him up. And don't know why he's not. But, all right, that's all the waiver I have. Anything? Any other players that you see out there that I missed? Or is that pretty much it? Um, 
I mean, uh, you know, you look at tight ends, I do have to say, O.J. Howard, he had a touchdown this week. I assume he's going to jump back up. But, you know, a lot of people dumped him when he was hurt. So he's only 44% of leagues owned. He's a he's a great option if you're looking for someone. And also, um, Dallas Goddard, he showed a lot in the weeks before the bye. Um, I'm, he's only owned in 26% of the leagues. The problem with him is he does you know, kind of hit a buzzsaw. He plays New England and then he plays Seattle. But if you are in trouble with tight end, I start looking for playoff, you know, comparisons. And week 13 is Miami, then the Giants, and then Washington. All three of those should be good matchups for him. So if you're in, in uh, desperate straits for tight ends, which most of us are, we're just playing week to week, um, keep an eye on him. You might want to grab him uh, earlier. And also, he's just great to have in case anything does happen to Earth. He becomes an automatic starter. But those are kind of the guys I'm I'm looking at. All right. I think that's it then for waivers. We'll be back tomorrow with some start sit questions for me. So if you got any of those start sit questions for week 11 already, get those into us, you know, on Instagram, Twitter, through email, fantasyfootballprofit at gmail.com. But that'll be it. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. <laughs>